And welcome to another edition of Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. We got Jerry across the way. Jerry, how's it going? Great day. Summer has arrived, Scott, and we are enjoying it. Yes, it is very much here. We got lots coming up. And by the way, speaking of coming up and going back and all that, check out all of the great prior episodes we've got of Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Number of great guests we've had along the way. We've got another great one coming up here in just a moment. There's also a beverage when we do these podcasts. So, uh, Jerry, what do we have for the beverage this week? We have a fabulous beverage today. Our guest today requested an amber ale, and I'm going to put, we've had this earlier in one of the podcast episodes, and uh, this is an amber ale called Quack. It's a uh, one of my, everyone knows my uh, affinity for Belgian beers, and uh, this is one of my favorite non-Trappist ales that are out there. Uh, it will be tasty. Well, looking forward to, to that, and uh, before you begin to pour, bring on our guest. We are honored today to have Jenny uh, Fezemeyer here. She is the Director of Research and Development with the Pablo Group. She uh, has worked on a number of projects uh, for Pablo redevelopment projects downtown Eau Claire, and I'm excited to hear about those, what they're working on, and kind of maybe what they have planned for the future. So I'll get the beard port, and you can bring Jenny on board. Well, great. Let's bring Jenny on board here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself before we dive into some of the more hard-hitting questions. Um, well, I'm Jenny Fezemeyer. I actually grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, so it's fun to be working here now. Um, I've been with the Pablo Group for three years. I have a background in engineering. I went to school as a, for civil engineering, so it's great working on the projects and being able to use that degree as I do my work. What are some of the things you did before you entered into the Pablo Group? I worked um, with Ayers Associates for quite a few years out on road and bridge construction and spent a little time with the Department of Transportation in Eau Claire working in the similar field. Well, again, we'll touch on some of the stuff that's going on uh, with the, with Pablo and things you're working on now and have worked on. But before anything else, what's one thing you really like about the area? We we haven't quite had the beverages yet, so you're not going to give us the true secrets. But uh, you know, some of your favorite things about the area, maybe some little uh, little secret spots you've got. I love downtown area. I live down by the university, and it's like living in a quaint little town in the middle of a nice city with a ton of amenities. So I just love how everything's, never have to go up a hill. I can get everything I need down in the valley, and it's close and walkable and bikeable, and it's my favorite part of the city. All right, Jenny, I hope you enjoy this. All right, beverages have been poured. Here we go. Ah, that's good. It's, yeah, it's more, it's caramely. The Belgians have a little more, uh, um, a little more flavor to these, some caramel, some, um, I don't know, even some, just some sweetness that you usually don't have in, in American beverages. So, Well, very, very good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the, uh, the injured list right now, so I'm not able to have as much as I usually would, but uh, that would be one that I'd love to have more of if I could. We'll do our, we'll do our <laughs> best in your absence, Scott. So. <laughs> well, so, gentlemen, we'll just start off with a few questions. So, just what's the goal with Pablo Group's development projects? I mean, uh, I, they, they do so much more than, it's just a, not about making money, it's about making a statement in many cases. Explain a little bit about a background about what the Pablo Group is looking for in a project. So the Pablo Group really looks to bring vitality back to downtown. That's their main focus. And in order to do that, we have to bring 
um, the opportunities for people to go downtown to live, work, and play. So that's sort of the premise of our choices for um, projects down there. Uh, we They started with the Jamf building. That was their very first project. And the construction of that was to bring people down to downtown to work. That was their headquarters for that company. And they just kind of have expanded from there and grown um, a nice group of people for Pablo Group to continue that work. Now with the Pablo Group kind of selling Jamf, but mm -hmm. you've stayed in the residential or at least in the development side of things. Uh, is that going to be continuing simply in downtown Eau Claire or looking to expand other places in the city or in other cities? So right now we still are focusing in downtown Eau Claire. There's plenty of work to do here, and um, it's a passion of everyone at Pablo. So um, what projects do you mind tell us some of the things you've worked on so far and what you're currently working on? Yeah, so we have, um, in the last few years, redeveloped two um, historic buildings or older buildings in Eau Claire, the one being the Severson Home next mm -hmm. to the YMCA. So that was a really underutilized, beautiful building right on the river. Did um, a fabulous job with that. I, I had a chance to take a tour of it. And uh, some of those apartments, especially with the ones that have the uh, deck that overlooks, yep. the, oh my heavens, yeah. it's very nice. It's a beautiful building. It had um, a great form to it. It, it like You get up in some of those units that are at the peak of it at the river, it's like you're on a cruise ship almost sitting up over top of the water. It's really great views. So um, we renovated that. It's a 54-unit apartment complex now that's 100% occupied. So that's brought a lot of people downtown to enjoy all that downtown has to offer. From there, we, in 2019, had purchased the U.S. Bank building. And that was a really underutilized building. U.S. Bank had owned that for years. It has five floors. They occupied floors one and two and then commercial space up above. So we purchased that from them, always knowing the intent was that we were going to renovate that into, um, into housing. And in 2020, we began that process as kind of tenants had moved out. U.S. Bank had um, given up the second floor, so it gave us that opportunity. So floors three through five have been renovated into apartments, and that's fully occupied, too. We're just wrapping that job up. And we're working on wrapping up the second floor renovation um, for commercial. We have a company, uh, um, Colab, it's called. It's Collaborative Workspace. You're familiar with oh, that. Yes. Yeah, so they have kind of are expanding and need a bigger space, so they're moving into the second floor there. It's a really great spot for them. We've had Elaine Coglin on the show here a oh while yeah, that's ago. that's right. Elaine so has been on. She's been great. Um, and But as your role, as so you're down as Director of Research and Development, tell me what does that actually mean as far as your piece of these projects? So like research and development, the first piece of it is research. So we bring... Um, you know, a building or a project or an idea that we're interested in doing. And you have to do some legwork before you start or purchase the building or do the project. And that's kind of the research person. Like, can the, can the renovations and can the income off that property support that property so that it can, you know, function monetarily? And then the development aspect of it is just working with architects and the builders and actually doing the development of that piece of property. So what do you look for in a, in a project? I mean, what kind of, you know, the bones have to be good or whatever, but I mean, obviously you don't say yes to everything. So what are the things that kind of are you saying, yep, that, that, that's a must, that, that has to check that box for us to proceed? So what we've looked for in the past on our, on our buildings or the projects that we're doing is does it bring 
that aspect to downtown that we want? Is it going to bring a place for people to come live or can come people eat or recreational or any th aspect of it? So we, we want to be involved in that. And second, is it a project that nobody else is going to do? Like we don't want, if, if there's p another developer, if there's other people that want to do a project, we don't want to take that from them. We want to take the projects that are a little bit harder, um, not as many people are probably interested in it. It's it's a harder project to really make numbers work and take those on instead of letting those properties just go to waste. Well, that must be a challenge for you though then as the <laughs> design, I mean, it's like the, the reason other people don't do it is because it's hard or they can't make money at it or they're gonna lose money at it. Um, you must love a challenge. Yeah, it's challenging. It's, it's a lot of um, finagling. What would you say are some maybe misconceptions about what you guys with the, the Pablo group do? So the first misconception is a lot of people think I work at Pablo Performing Arts. <laughs> so that's number one. Once we get past the fact that that's a naming um, place, because we have Pablo Group and the founders also developed a foundation, which is called Pablo Foundation. So a lot of people don't realize that the, there's a group, an entity called Pablo Group, that does all these buildings, renovations, and that we have properties that we're renting and uh, um, managing. So that's probably the first misconception of a lot of people in Eau Claire. Well, one thing that's unique, Jenny, and, and pardon me for saying this, but I mean, you're a female project developer. That's kind of rare. Uh, do you see that bringing a different perspective to these projects than maybe some of your male counterparts do? Um, it brings a little more patience. A little more level keyed, I'd say, at meetings. Um, it sometimes brings the tone down. I you know, have a background in construction. I've been out in the field in construction since I graduated from college. I actually worked out in Boston for the, my first five years on the big dig. Um, so I'm used to that atmosphere and that level of, um, it's just a different atmosphere that you work in. And um, so I think that it, it brings it down a little. I enjoy being a part of it. Well, how's it then like working in Eau Claire versus working in Boston? I mean, th those have got to be worlds apart in terms of things like unionization and working through the city and inspectors and those sorts of things. I mean, or, or am I it's wrong on that? No, um, it's it's lower. It's a different level. Like you, you get to know people more in Eau Claire than you did in Boston. There's a lot more players, but it's similar too. I mean, it's just a group of people that you're working with. I mean, and it's the same people out east in Boston, and they have their union reps that are around more, and they have the city workers, and they're the same people that, you, you know, year after year, so you get to know everybody out there, too. It's a bigger city. It's a more complex work environment out there, working in the middle of a, a, a city of Boston, putting a, we put in the um, main throwaway through there. You're dealing with a lot more traffic, people, construction, restrictions, but, um, you know, it's the same type of work. It must be um, interesting, though, and also rewarding kind of seeing these projects get built and come online, but then also as you're dealing with the, uh, the contractors and with the city and they see what you're able to do, that there gets to be this rapport, and clearly, I guess, given your perspective of trying to take on projects that other people might not, the city certainly has a vested interest in getting projects done and getting these properties redeveloped. They must really appreciate your willingness to take these on and we're willing to work with you where other folks they might not be quite as open to. Yeah, I, I would hope so. The city's been great to work with. They're very receptive and um, 
you know, you can reach out to them. We have good relationships with a lot of people at the city, and they're helpful. And and so far, things have gone great in that, uh, that way. Now, pretty much, are you looking just at residential projects, or are you looking at just general commercial projects as well that with uh, commercial tenants? Uh, we do commercial also. So the U.S. Bank has a commercial p- component on the first two floors. And then our newest um, purchase and renovation is going to be the Antique Emporium building. So that building will be 100% commercial. There'll be no, there'll be no residential in that building. Back on the residential side, where are your tenants coming from? Are these folks mostly local? Are they people from out of town or a mix? Mm, a mix. A lot of local, though. A lot of people just looking to move into smaller apartments or apartments in the downtown area. For sure, relocating there. And then a few come from out of town, um, relocating in for work. So what are folks looking for? I mean, if they're looking for, for a place, I mean, I'm assuming you as the, the developer are saying, well, they have to have these amenities. What, what sort of the amenities are the, are the must-haves? And then what are the things that, I- in a, you know, a best-case scenario, that you try to add on if possible? So when we're developing downtown, like the must-haves are, a lot of it's parking. Like they want to they be able to park where they can be. Um, a lot of it's smaller. Like people aren't looking for roommates. They want one bedrooms, you know, maybe even studios. They're just looking for efficiency. Um, and then, you know, with work from home and everybody sta- working from home, your Wi-Fi has to be really well. We've learned that. Like internet and access there has been a priority for everyone. Um, you know, and a lot of times, because we aren't building new, we're renovating existing buildings. Some amenities that we know, you know, people like, like indoor storage or indoor bike racks and things like that, we're trying to incorporate into these existing buildings. But those are amenities they like. You mentioned uh, time out in Boston. Mm-hmm. How did that experience help out? Not not just professionally, but also personally, getting a chance to see a, a different part of the country. Oh, I loved Boston. I loved being out there. Um, I still love to go back and visit some of the friends I have out there. It gives you a perspective that, like, you know, in the Midwest, it's it's great working here, living here. Everybody's got, um, you know, mid- Midwest friendly, I think it's called. You know, everyone's, we're all friendly. And, and when you worked out there, like, it was, it was an experience to just dealing with different um types of people, different um, motivated people, different uh, views, and it was it was a lot of fun. Anything you miss? Um, I miss, I do miss city, like I love, I love a big city, so I do miss the city aspect of Boston. And uh, Minneapolis being 90 minutes away, this doesn't quite cut it? No, not really. Boston was just different. It's on the water, it's it's out east. It's a really beautiful area. Getting back to Eau Claire, um, do you think, I mean, is downtown Eau Claire starting to reach a saturation point with retail or residential development? I mean, I look at, you know, they've got the, uh, what's it, the, the railroad project coming on. They have Wilson Park. Uh, I know uh, Moding and Haas has, have announced that they're going to be doing the with the lot seven, you know, downtown in front of the livery. Mm-hmm. I know the current building is coming on board. There's supposed to be residential above the new um, transit building. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention your projects. I mean, and I might be missing some. Mm, you are. That's a lot of units. Yeah, plus the large one um, by the brewing project. Yes. It's a huge yeah. project coming online. Um, I don't think so because there's not a lot of residential. There's not a lot of 
living down in downtown. You have the smaller apartments above the storefronts down there, but truly in those those avenues of downtown, um, it it's it's ready to be built. It's it needs it. We need people living downtown to um, eat downtown, to do things downtown, and really keep what's being built there thriving. Now here's a more of a controversial question mm -hmm. because I know there's a lot of uh, concern out there about affordable housing and with costs going up and whatever is enough and and not to go off but I, I, I found I was involved with the affordable housing task force here and, and those words are thrown about very easily I, and I think it's first what's affordable mm -hmm. it's all relative and then what's housing Yep. Is, is housing a, 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 a small single room or is it a three-bedroom home in a mm -hmm. leafy community? I mean, that, that, that those we throw them around easily, but you have to define both those specifically. Is it possible today to develop, and I'll use the terms, affordable housing in downtown Eau Claire at, in today's dollar, with today's dollars? It's difficult. I think you have to, I know the current and their next build is looking to have it be affordable. You have to have the avenues of the um, the partnerships that want the tax credits for affordable housing construction. You have to find a way, if you're doing a new construct, to bring your cost down of construction. And y these last couple of years have been insane. Um, watching prices go up, watching, you know, when we first were building the Guild, we could need something and realize it and get it in a week. I mean, that is not the case anymore. It's it's long lead times and months. And so construction has gotten difficult. I don't think it's impossible to build affordable, but you have to um, bring in the right partners and find funding um, to, help, to help subsidize your, your costs. Well, and how, I guess that you, you touched on another point, but now more so than ever, how are you managing the challenges of a tight labor market, mm -hmm. uh, sluggish supply chain, and then rapidly rising costs? I mean, you, you, you when you put these projects on board, you, you pencil them out and you expect, you know, things to cost out so, and I can, I can charge this much for rent, and, you know, th this makes sense or doesn't make sense. And to have this thing kind of change rapidly, literally, while it's being built, that's got to cost some sleepless nights. Yes. Yes, that is a, that's a great question, and it's a hard one to answer because um, with the two projects we have in the design phase and just trying to get a grasp on construction costs that are changing within weeks and availability of materials that are changing, like we have, you know, we have, the, we have pulled forward, we're doing the... Um, Spring Hill Suites Hotel over at the Sonatake property, and that's a completion of the spring of 2024. And we've we've originally, you know, six months ago, anticipated not really getting into design and getting the bid docs out for a while. But because of these lead times and these price changes, we're trying to get designs out, get projects bid, so we can lock in prices and people can order materials at the rates that are. Est construction estimates are coming in. And will people lock rates? Will well, they'll have to. Yes, I mean they give a bid, and um, you know they're ordering materials, and they're sure. going to expect payment on it. So, um, but it's it's challenging to say the least. It's challenging for developers, for contractors. 
I'm going to ask this, especially with uh, talking about some of the challenges right now. Take everybody through the emotions of seeing a project come to fruition. You know, it starts off as a concept, and then eventually you're able to have the the, the, the ribbon cutting and all of that, and maybe even a couple of beverages to celebrate. So, so take us through that emotion of seeing one of these projects, whether big or small, come to fruition. Yeah, it's, and I love, I love that. My favorite are the renovations, because, you know, taking a new build from start to finish, it's kind of, you started with a piece of ground and now you have a building but like the u.s bank building which is barstow commons is its is its name um has been a lot of fun we walked in there a lot of 70s 80s drywall i mean drop ceilings hvac running all over the ceiling and we were able to just open it all up remove all that pull up the old carpet and it just showed itself as the 1929 building it was built as you know high plaster ceilings, nine-foot ceilings, um, beautiful hall, original hallways still had in place the flooring from that, and just putting that back together, kind of honoring its history of how it was built back back in the early 20s has been so much fun. Like, people come in and they can't. It's been fun giving um, a lot of the U.S. Bank employees worked up on those floors. When one was a data room floor, you know, had the elevated flooring so that all their data cables could run underneath. I did an internship at first Wisconsin Eau Claire, mm -hmm. which was the predecessor in when I was a junior in college in 1985. And I remember the data floor yeah. up there and you'd walk in all the air conditioned yeah. and they had these machines that were the size of, of you know, family minivans, right. you know, that were their computers. And they had all the computers up there um, for like uh, Northwest Wisconsin, they'd process all the banks in Eau Claire. And so, and that was all high tech and, you know, it was, you had to go through secret codes and all to get up there. But uh, n I, most people didn't realize kind of just what a, a financial center and frankly, a technology center in that era mm -hmm. that that building was. Yeah, it was. They occupied U.S. Bank, or the uh, what the bank, National Bank, I think it started as. They were yep. the first three floors. And they did build that building originally to lease out the upper floors. Like the top floor was a doctor's office. You know, it still had the, we have the blueprints for that plan. And then it, the others were just um, commercial. My dad worked on the fifth or sixth floor when he was an attorney here way back in the 70s. He was there because it used to have the Eau Claire Hotel connected to it. Hmm. You remember? And he was there when they pulled down the hotel in the mid-70s, maybe, apparently a fire. It was a be That was a beautiful building, too. I'm sorry to see that one go down. So were you in that building as a, uh, a child or a young person? Do you remember it all? Or I don't remember. No, but no, he had moved to a different building on, on uh, Barstow with my memories of his law office. So I wasn't in there. So any, you know, Pablo aside for a second, but just for you with, with your um, artist's eye and, and, and being an architect, any buildings down in the Claire, the downtown area, that go, oh my gosh, I'd love to be able to deal with this one? Um, you know, I'm, Antique Emporium is an exciting building for us to build. A lot of the government buildings that are down there are beautiful that they've built. Um, there's, sometimes I see like 
There's a Facebook page that will post old photos of different buildings in Eau Claire that have been torn down. And I'm like, oh, some of those are amazing. Like an old yeah. school, I can remember them posting that was down in the downtown area. And so um, I think right now I'm pretty excited with in the downtown area getting Antique Emporium. Could you, uh, this, uh, this is total, uh, I have no inside knowledge, but I, I look at like old Central High School. Mm. Is that something that could actually be converted into something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's laid out that it could be converted. Like there has been proposals in it um, to do living. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, since it's a school, it has the hallway around it um, and, you know, divides itself up ni fairly nicely for um, residential. It doesn't have any of the plumbing or yeah. electrical yeah. or, you know, HVAC in it. So it's definitely a, a not a cheap renovation project, but. Something that possibly could work. I, I just look at yep. some buildings downtown that might, uh, that always struck me as one that yep. given the right time and the right market, that might, might make it go. Is, is there a, at least at this point, a monthly rent ceiling for this market? I mean, I, and the reason I'm saying this is I, 10 years ago, a, an apartment at 800 bucks or a thousand bucks a month was a pretty high-end apartment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now, uh, even with some of the projects being developed here in River Prairie, we're getting close to 2,000 bucks a month. Oh, for sure. You know, and more. Yep. Um, and, and, and I have to pause on this because my uh, daughters live out in Washington, D.C., and my daughters out there are paying, you know, $2,500 a month um, sharing, you know, and which seemed at one time an incredible amount, but I mean, we've really caught up that number dramatically. Uh, when you're looking at, at penciling out a project, I guess, where do you see rents having to be to continue your renovation projects? Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting question. So I think that I know that some of the new constructions I've seen, um, you know, and Dante is right across the river. Um, they've built some big corner units that they're advertising in the high 2000s. Um, I think Eau Claire just needs a variance of a varied rental market. I think they have the clientele to do, you can't, they have the clientele that will take some, you know, high end, but not all. But I think there's always room, you know, in that spectrum to have those higher, and apartments available. We've got a couple minutes left here. I, I, I have to ask this question. What are some things you want in the area? Not, and, and, and not just from a development standpoint, even just from a personal standpoint, what are some things you want here? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of what I want here. I love, we love going out, great restaurants, great bars. Um, and just to continue building on that, you know, with with COVID and things closing, I really am looking forward to having everything kind of reopening and 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 people coming back out and coming to these places. Um, I'm excited that you know downtown, the old children's museum is being developed into um, a new location to go visit with the um, that bar that's going to have pinball and kind of arcadey stuff in it. I think that's super exciting. Um, I think we have a good variety of food selection all throughout the city. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what's down there right now. I think that 
Eau Claire's a tough market to bring in some things um, that the cities have that people really enjoy going to to take in because like restaurants and things like that because it, it we just don't have the population to support it. I was out in New York recently and I was like, oh, this is great. Walking down the street. Look at all these little things every, you know, underneath every building. And we're like, oh, well, your population's much higher. That's why you have <laughs> all this stuff. Although I think as we add the density downtown, uh, things that weren't on anyone's radar screen, you know, five, six years ago, very, very well might. I know mm -hmm. what, I, the, the, what I hear locally, everyone will love a Trader's Joe's or something wow. like yeah. that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but so, I mean, we still have a ways to go. All that being said, I, I think, you know, ha had you told me pre-pandemic that Eau Claire could stand in many ways, I wouldn't say toe-to-toe -to -toe, certainly, but that it could make itself much more desirable in terms of people even going, relocating to the cities or, or elsewhere. And when you have um, relatively affordable housing, and I know a lot of people will listen to this and say, well, it's not affordable, but I mean, still given to the coast, yes, we're affordable, that we're still a place that, that's still growing, that mm -hmm. people have an engagement too. We have, where it used to be the coast and then we were an afterthought, uh, that gap has closed considerably, like I even mentioned with rental uh, prices here in the last five years uh, at a rate I, I never would have dreamed it could have. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think a lot of pr people appreciate what we have in Eau Claire. I mean, we have an indoor tennis center. We, we are building Sonatag, which is going to be a, a great facility. We have the Pablo Center, an amazing arts facility in downtown Eau Claire. Bike paths, waterways. I mean, it's just... It has so much to offer. With very little crime, with almost no traffic. I mean, it, traffic, it, exactly. It, it, and all these things, these, these. That's what I hated the most about Boston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because th these bigger facilities, bigger communities, and I lived in Milwaukee for, for a number of years, you know, they also come at a cost. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, Eau Claire and the Chippewa Valley have this really wonderful connection of day to day it, it, it's it's relatively affordable it's it, it's very it's convenient and then if you really want something you know beyond that it's 90 minutes away exactly so anyway else uh jenny this has been great scott any final questions on your side no uh, everybody enjoy the beverage yes the beverage is tasty and going down well mm-hmm well, I think that'll do it for this week's uh, edition. Outstanding conversation. Don't forget to check out all of the other editions of Banker with a Beer we have as well. Uh, Jerry, we'll see you again next week. We'll see you, Scott. Thank you.